0: No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Blog Talk Radio.
0: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit CDC.gov. Good morning. Good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for calling in and listening. You can reach me at Twitter uh, at Joy Keys, or on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and you can also check me out on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Um, I'd love to hear from you, so you can email me Saturdays with Joy Keys at hotmail.com. Thank you so much. I was on a bit of a hiatus, and I still saw people were listening. I really appreciate your support. And uh, we have a lot of exciting shows coming up uh, today, but also in the future. So please continue to listen in and learn some new things about books and people and uh, ways to improve your life. Uh, This morning, I have a wonderful author. She has been on the show before. She's a Nigerian author. She's a professor She's written uh, four novels. Um, She has won $100,000 in the Nigerian Literature Contest. She uh, was a judge on the Man Booker Prize uh, Contest. Um, And now I have her on today for her book, Better Never Than Late. Say that like three times, Better Never Than Late. Like I think I wrote it wrong a couple times. I had to go back and was like, wait, Better Never Than Late. So so good morning, uh, Utu to Oma, right? Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, and uh, I should say morning, anya e God. That means like long time no see, yeah? I, yes. I need, then I should answer anya i yeah? Uh, ah, see, you got me. You got to speak slowly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, 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 I know Odima. I Odima, I'm fine. I, I, I'm fine. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just to let the audience know, Chika is an Igbo uh, uh, from Nigeria, and I was speaking to her in little Igbo just as a form of respect. Um, You know, it's nice. I think people appreciate when you try to learn about their cultures and their languages. So I try to do that for the different artists I have come on. But um, good morning uh, in English again, Chika. So just for people who don't know you, why did you Mm -hmm. become a writer? Why not a policeman? Why not a lawyer? Why not a doctor? I mean, you know, artists, they don't make any money. What are you going to do, you know? (laughs) Uh Um.
1: Why did I become a writer? I think that writing chooses you. You know, Um. I always wanted to write. I mean, for as long as I can remember, it was the one thing that I always wanted to do. No matter what else I wanted to be. I wanted to be a diplomat. I wanted to travel the world. I always knew that I wanted to be a writer. Um, it was just, it was just a, sort of my way of dealing with, you know, with the world. I always took to pen and paper. So as a kid, I, I'd write poetry. I wrote poetry a lot up until college, and then I realized that I was a really bad poet, and I gave that up.
0: <laughs> I, <got it. laughs>
1: I write really crappy poems. So now, I mean, I'll still do poetry once in a while, but. Um, I have enough self-awareness to know that they are crappy and that I'll never make a good poet.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, but I'll tell you, you are a good writer. And um, many other people have realized that. I'm, I'm glad that you continue to write. Um, and your books Thank deal you. with women. Uh, the books that I've read, mm-hmm. they deal with a lot of women. You did write um, more of a historical, uh, fictional type of book, but On Black Sister Street Dealing with Women, Night Dancer, Dealing Mm -hmm. with Women, and Mm the current book, Better Never Than Late. I think it's a little more, you have some of the men's stories in there, but you still have a lot of women. Why is that?
1: I think I'm very drawn to the stories of women. Um, I'm also very drawn to the stories of people at the margins. I'm very often in our societies, you know, it is still women, Right. Mm-hmm. So these are sort of stories that I, that I'm very I'm very drawn to I'm very drawn to women's stories, particularly um, women whose stories leave a lot of gaps for us to fill in. So at the moment I'm, I'm just finishing a novella about Joanna Vasa, and Joanna Vasa um, was the daughter of Olua de Kuyano or Gustavo Vasa. And Olua de Kuyano, for those who don't know, earlier Gustavo Vasa was a Nigerian slave who was born. Um, Around 1745, and he mm. was kidnapped when he was ten or twelve years old and brought to the Americas. And he was very hardworking. He um, eventually bought his freedom. He paid 40 pounds that he was um, that he was bought for to his last master, who told him, "Well, if you we earn 40 pounds and you pay me by then I'll, you know, I'll set you free." And 40 pounds in those days was a whole lot of money. And so he mm-hmm. did that, but he loved yeah. England a lot, so he moved back to, um, to the UK. He did a lot of things. He worked as a, once after he bought his freedom, he worked as a slave master, as, a, as an overseer. So he worked as an overseer on a plantation, and then mm-hmm. he became,
0: uh-huh.
1: became an abolitionist, right? And then he moved, to, um, he moved to England, was very active in the abolitionist movement, and married a white English woman, mm-hmm. Susanna Collin, and then had two daughters. Um, I think Maria and Joanna. And so the novella I'm finishing, I'm finishing now is about Joanna's life, the daughter, and her story, you know, sort of leaves a lot of gaps. I'm very drawn to stories of women. Um, yeah. That was a very long I think that's good. Going, um, back <laughs> going back to my original point of why I write about women a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think um, it's important to also say that you're not just writing about all good women. You show the characters have mm-hmm. different sides mm-hmm. to them. And so at one yeah. chapter we're like, oh, this poor person. The next chapter we're like, oh mm-hmm. my god, I hate them. Get rid of them. Why are they there? You know, yeah. go somewhere. Yeah. You you surprise yeah. us, you know, with with these mm-hmm. twins, and as well as the men, or and and, and then also you have the the quote unquote evil characters, and you're mm-hmm. persuading them, and then you're like, oh, mm-hmm. they're helping the community. They want their daughters to grow <laughs> nice and you know intelligent. Yeah. Um, You know, they won't cheat or rape the the other guy's wife. And you're like, damn, Mm. I was hating this guy, (laughs) and now I kind of like him. You know, how do you do that? How do you decide that as a writer to to make them that that, complimentary type of person? How do you decide that? Um,
1: Well, first of all, thanks for that. I think it's a huge compliment sort of understand that the characters have, um, have nuances. Because I think that's what, how we are as human beings, right? You have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of nuances. They're not all good, and we're not all bad. I mean, arguably, I mean, mm. I can think of two people at this moment who are terribly bad, and I can't, I don't even want to see their redeeming qualities if they have that at all, right? So um, one of the things I tell my students is that for every character, especially for your, for your protagonist. Because for, you know, the minor characters, you know, they can be flat, that's fine. But for your protagonist, try to have their backstories, even if you don't use those backstories in your your story, right? Mm
0: -hmm. But try to do Mm -hmm. everything
1: about these characters, you know, because if you know their backstories, then you know their motives. And if you know their motives, then you're better able to write them, even if those backstories are not in the light of day. And so I also try to do that for myself. So I try to know the backstories of all my protagonists so that even when they're all bad, there is sort of logic to that badness, if that makes any sense. So you're not excusing their badness. Yeah. You're not excusing their badness. One of the things that you have to do as a writer is to try to get into the shoes of of all of your characters, the good and the bad, right? Because if you don't, Mm -hmm. then you run the risk of writing very one-sided characters. And when you write characters that are, you know, one-dimensional readers know, and there's no, there's no fun, you know, and there's no challenge in writing those characters as well. Yeah. Just sort of being aware that human beings were, I just want to say that just being aware that human beings, that were complex and there are nuances to, to us, and that those nuances should also be visible in the characters that we create so that readers are better able to, um, even if you don't like those characters or understand those characters, but accept them as, as, as human, right? So to sort of humanize yeah. the characters that you write, yeah.
0: Well, some of the issues that you deal with in this book and in other books that you've written are immigration. Um, mm-hmm. According to the IOM 2015, over a million migrants and refugees came from Africa to Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. in this book, you have several couples dealing with this issue, mm-hmm of coming from Africa and, and coming over to Belgium. Now, mm-hmm. one of the interesting things is we talked right before this show started was denial, I mean, sorry, a desperation, you know, the issue mm-hmm. of desperation. Talk to mm-hmm. us about that and how that developed. Um, from your real life, you might have seen things because you yourself came from Africa to um, mm-hmm. a European country and then people around mm-hmm. you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Um I feel that desperation and and
1: um, certain type of leaving home, you know, go hand in hand, right? I mean, for me, it was very di- different. I left, I left Nigeria very willingly because I fell in love with a man, you know, for whom Nigeria wasn't home, and he was going to go home, and I went with him. But even having chosen to go with him because of love. Um, I also left with a lot of anxiety because I think that migration and anxiety also go hand in hand, right? You're leaving, you're leaving the familiar, you're leaving your home for somewhere, you know, where you have to sometimes start from the very beginning. Like I had to in Belgium, I I, I left, you know, to go to a place where nothing I knew before mattered. You know, not the cultural etiquette, um, not the language, you know. So I had to start from the very beginning. Um, And then for some of the people in Better Never Than Late and for some of these, you know, migrants, for want of a better word, that we sort of hear about um, drowning, you know, trying to cross over to go to Europe from Africa. I think that you have to be very desperate, right, to leave, not knowing where you're going to, not knowing how you're going to end up. Not having any, any, any network, any support network waiting for you when you get mm-hmm. there. And also, having heard the stories of people who have died trying to get to the same destination that you're trying to get to. So, it's a level of desperation that, um, that I feel that if more people were aware of it or if more people thought of it, especially people in the host countries, that the rhetoric around migration would be tempered with a lot of compassion and kindness. Right, so at the moment, so I hear a lot of rhetoric that that sort of deals or thinks of so these people as people who just wake up, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave, say Nigeria, and go through Libya, and go through Spain, or go through wherever, end up in Italy, mm-hmm. end up in, in England, end up in America, just so I can come here and live on welfare, live off welfare, right? And that right. is such a it's such a one-sided, very cruel, very um um. Um, inhumane. Well, they're coming from a point of
0: fear. I I think that that rhetoric is coming from a point Mm -hmm. of fear because here in America, we have the issue of the other. And for us, the other are people coming from Latin America, um, you know, Mexico um, coming from, Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, Muslim countries um, and, and supposedly coming over here to take all of our resources, um, mm, our taxes mm. are being paid mm. to take care of yeah. them and their families, um, mm. or they're going to hurt us, hurt our women. Mm. Uh, so, so mm-hmm. here we have all of this, and those people yeah. also had to maybe walk long ways, had to boat long ways, had to yeah. leave families yeah. behind. So, yeah, and they're the only ones I, that come up here, and then they get tricked. Yeah. Sometimes they come up here and they get tricked. So of then course. they're like yeah, stuck. Of you know? Yeah. Of um, yes. Yeah. So so yeah, so there um, yeah, but
1: there's also a lot of a, a lot of ignorance as well, you know. And there's also so there's the fear for me rooted in ignorance, but there is also mm-hmm. the fear that politicians who ought to know better or who know better propagate, right? Yes. So that they can yes. they, they can win both and they propagate that they exploit that ignorance to to create a fear that they know shouldn't be there, you know. So, which is why their rhetoric lacks the sort of compassion that they ought to have, because they know, they know these things, you know. So when the politicians says, yeah. "Well, you know, you know, Mexicans are coming here to rape our women and to do whatever, whatever," they know that that is not true, because they are using these same, you know, undocumented workers, you know, in their casinos and in their, you know, to they're using them to, to
0: you know, so. So yeah, they know that well, not American, fear, but we have, we have, you know, in America, we have you know the the people. Sorry, sorry, say that again. No, 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 I said,
1: I said, but but you know, they're very willingly cultivating and exploiting that fear and the ignorance of their base followers because it benefits them, and because and because yeah. they're also cruel. Because you have to be a very cruel cool person to know that this isn't true, and then to exploit that fear, knowing what the consequences might be, you know.
0: Right, right. One of the things mm-hmm. I talked to you earlier is about how you, we love and hate your characters, and um, mm-hmm. one of the characters in this book, as well as in uh, your previous book, is the, the trafficker, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I think the guy's name is Shylock in this one, and uh, oh, yeah. at, first, <laughs> at, at, at first we hate him, you know, and, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and then, 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 like, I find out that, you know, he's the only one you can leave the wife with. You know, so, so the Nigerian man comes up. He leaves his his African wife with this trafficker, and their complete mm-hmm. trust, because that's mm-hmm. the only way he can keep his business going. And um, yeah, it, that's a very interesting twist. But but the issue mm-hmm. of um, that going back to immigration, I want to connect that to mm-hmm. the issue of classism. Uh, mm-hmm. We deal mm-hmm. with classism a lot in your books, and one of the ways mm-hmm. particularly is the issue of maids. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not just the migrants becoming maids who have degrees, PhDs, whatever, but when they were yeah. home in Nigeria, they too had maids. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so, can you talk to the audience a little bit about that culture in Nigeria and having maids and housekeepers and things like that? Yeah. Um. So, I'm always
1: very careful careful when I. Talk about this outside of the outside of Nigeria, because in Nigeria we understand that you don't have to be particularly wealthy or, or middle class to um, to have domestic help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it is also there's this sort of system where um fact that if you have a roof over your head and you can afford to suit somebody else, that you take that person in, you know, and so and then that person works for you in exchange for you know for for a roof over their own heads, right? So you have people who you consider poor, also having mates, right? And and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, and the the expectation is okay because you can do this. You know, you're helping somebody. You're you're helping somebody else out. So the language is couched, you know, very gay friendly, right? But then on the other hand, you also have people who you know who are very wealthy, who can live very well, who have mates, but who do not treat those mates as well as they they should, or as well as their resources, you know, allow them to. So I have um, I remember a friend telling me the story of um, going back to to Nigeria and going to visit a friend of hers um, who, you know, very nice person, very kind person, you know, does all the charity works, whatever. But then their house up, their mate sleeps in the kitchen. So this girl Mm -hmm. sleeps in the kitchen in in front of the fridge. Because of course, this her friend thought that if that if if he were to let that girl sleep on a proper bed, he, she would get ideas beyond her station, right? So so mm. um and and that bothered me a lot, right? Um, yeah, you bring that up lot. in the
0: book. Um, yeah, yeah. So so your, the your character brings, brings that also, up because she becomes a maid, and then she thinks yes. about oh, but, I had a maid, and I never paid my and maid, and how she. Precisely, yes. Yeah,
1: you know. And so because she's now, because, you know, my character is now in that position where she's now working for somebody else, she's better able to empathize with the people that she thought she was treating well, quote-unquote, you know, when she was in Nigeria and, and was their butt and you know, and, and, and she was their um, – so she, to her, she was treating her mates well, and she had to be in a position where she was now – a domestic help to realize, oh, oh you know, I wasn't really treating those people as well as I should have. Normalized, you know. It's normalized that you eat before before your mate eat. It's normalized that, you know, the, the, the little girl who's looking after your baby doesn't eat the same food as your baby does, you know, or, or as your children do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's normalized that, you know, you give your children meat and then you give her the skin to eat because that's how everybody else treats their people, you know, treats their mates. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same thing that we also find, you know, around the language of, um, of how refugees and immigrants are treated, right? right, um, right. When, something, when something becomes normalized, you stop asking questions and you just sort of go with the flow. So when you're benefiting from a system, it's very often that you start asking questions of that system and just go with the flow. Now, this is where everybody does it, you know. And I have these conversations and arguments with people sometimes. You say, well, you know, if, um, if you treat them any differently, then they'll start behaving. They won't behave anymore. You know, they will not behave as well as they should, mm-hmm. right? Right, um, right. Um, I, I mean, I, go to, I still go to Nigeria very often. And one of the things that bothers me when I go to Nigeria, for example, is how somebody would come with their driver to visit, visit you, for example, right? And, you know, and the sun is shining yeah. outside, and they're sitting inside with you, in an air-conditioned house, and you're, you know, talking for hours. And then you go, oh, you know, how did you come? Oh, my, my driver brought me. Where's the driver? Oh, he's outside you know,
0: in, in the burning it, oh my heat, god,
1: in the burning heat, right? But it's but it's so normalized that that person telling you this who does a lot of charity work, right? Doesn't think anything of it. That this driver is outside yeah. in the heat. Right. And it's not just one person, it's not two people, it's not three people. So because so many people do it, you sort of realise how this is this is a not, quote unquote normal way that things are done. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you start questioning it, you are the person who questions it is sort of looked at like well, what's wrong you're with you? <laughs> yeah. uh, you're the
0: outsider. You're yeah. so the outsider, yes. Chica, let me really let me I see. I There's some know. callers on. I want to see if they have any questions, okay? Hold okay. on.
1: Okay, sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Good morning. You're calling from 4747 is the last four digits of your phone. Did you have a question for the author? No, good morning. I'm just excited to listen to other Chica because I've read some of
1: her books, and I'm, I'm so happy.
0: Thank what's you your so name? Thank you
1: so much, George, for having her so we can listen to her, you know, and hear her voice.
0: Thank really <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh. that. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to see if someone else has a question, okay? Hold on. Okay, thank you. Good morning. You're calling from 9746 area, uh, your last four digits. Did you have a question for the author? Good morning. Okay, I guess not. Let's try this other one. you're calling 4638 are the last uh, four digits of your number. Did you have a question for the author? 240 area code?
1: Oh, no. I just got the number off of Facebook, and I thought I'd hear my sister's voice That's all.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, uh, Let's talk about this issue of witchcraft. That chapter, you have a whole chapter dealing with witchcraft, and I was reading different articles about witchcraft in Africa and the belief, and my skin cringed because children, a lot of children are being called witches and branded as witches and starved and beaten and having to become homeless. Can you talk to me in the audience more about this issue of witchcraft in um, in Nigerian culture?
1: So the story that you're referring
0: to um,
1: is of a woman who um, sort of gets taken in. Um, I mean, she's she's um, convinced by a charlatan that the girl who lives with her is a witch and is responsible for um, for everything going wrong in her life. And um, I think a few years ago I read an article. Um, out of Nigeria about a case in, I think it was in Calabar, where young kids are being accused of being witches and being thrown out of their homes and being sent to um, pastors who claim that they can exorcise them from witchcraft. And I I I think that when people are dealing with a whole lot of things, with poverty especially, the kind of desperation that comes with dealing with poverty tend to um, drive people to believe in things that they ordinarily wouldn't believe in. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I
0: think okay.
1: that you know. So at, at, at a certain point in at a certain point in history, there have been you know. So in the U.S., you remember the, you know burning the witches of Salem, um, and and, yes. and in the U.K. At certain points, there are always times when human beings have looked for answers. Right, have looked for answers in certain places for um, things that they don't understand. Right, and so for these kids in Calabi, you know, for their parents or for whoever they lived with, the fact that you know all their hard work wasn't bringing any bringing the food that they expected it to be to to, um, that they expected the hard work to bring made them more susceptible, you know, to believe that. Somehow, these innocent children were responsible for them because if you if you can't blame yourself, you have to you know you have to take tag the blame onto somebody. Point else. somewhere
0: else, right? Yeah, yeah you have, of course, yes,
1: yeah. So,
0: um, so, so now let yeah, me ask you this though.
1: Mm-hmm. Let
0: me ask you this: what what about the laws? What about the government? Nobody steps in, and who protects these children? That you know are being burned or beaten, uh, you know, oil yeah. pour, poured um, on them, um, all kinds of things. Who is there to protect yeah. them?
1: Well, the the law should be there to protect them, but there's also a lot of NGOs doing doing the work that the law should do. You know,
0: mm-hmm. and I think
1: that as in every society, there are people who are always above the law. I mean, it's 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 a it's um, it's sad, but it's the truth, right? We had um,
0: yes, who was recently
1: yeah. a few years ago in the states who. Committed um, manslaughter and then ended up going free because his his very expensive lawyer managed to convince the the judge that he suffered from from affluenza, shows them um, that he had a lot of money and did it, and sort of couldn't be bound to the same rules as regular people because his affluence and his wealth meant that he never meant to obey those rules, right? And, mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: It happens here in America. Yeah. People have money. They yeah. get away that, with stuff. Yeah. So, so the, you know, yeah. so
1: the affluenza case was, was an American case. But I think that in every society, you always have people who are somehow above the law for whatever reason, right? But in a society, too, where people are very easily bribeable because they're, for many different reasons, including the fact that they're not very well paid, the law doesn't function as well as it should. Right. And uh, so there are NGOs. I think in the case of one of the, the article I read about the Nigerian kid, um, he was taken in by a Danish woman who started an NGO and uh, who was going around the street rescuing these children and then bringing them back to her NGO to the home that she set up and then sending them to school and cleaning them up. Um so yeah, it's it's um I think one of the things that I um one of the things that sort of makes me happy about the Nigerian case is that people are not waiting for the government to um, or the law to to step in because they no longer trust them they no longer trust the law they no longer trust the government and so individuals and private initiatives and the ngos are the ones stepping into that gap that the government and the law should step into and doing the things that the government and the law should do and doing them well
0: mm mm-hmm, mhm- well, that's good because you know here in America we also have children that get abused and mistreated mm-hmm. and um even and as well as migrants who are coming in working for people, some people lock them in the house, take their passports, all types of things, so it happens all over the globe I'm, it's I'm not so just re- happening, I lost you know about you book a bit. oh okay, I was saying that in America mm. we also have children that get abused and um, mistreated and also migrants that come into the world I'm I'm sorry I can't hear a thing Uh, okay can you hear me now maybe she's breaking up Um, I've lost
1: you I'm sorry hello hello yeah I lost you completely I didn't hear a single thing I can hear you now yes
0: Okay. Okay. I'm not sure what happened, but um, we only have a, a couple of minutes left, but I do want to tell the audience, she does have a lot of love in her book. Everything is not bad. She has a great love story that happens. Okay. Can you hear me now? I'm not sure what's happening. Maybe the system, you know, the internet, it's, it's crazy sometimes. <laughs> um, but I do want to thank you for coming on today. I, I'm going to be giving away copies of, um, yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Um, I'm going to be giving away copies of your book today. Um, So people, keep your eyes peeled. Follow me on Twitter, at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. And you can also uh, go to Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Um, I just want to say, again, thank you, Dalu, which means thank you. Can you hear me, Chica, still? i think she can't hear me anymore so but everybody else thank you again and I, I wish you have a great weekend uh please take care of yourself and remember the different tips that were given by the psa earlier protecting yourself with the face mask washing your hands wiping down things in your home none of us like this situation but we do need to try to deal with it um and i just want to tell you i will have another show coming up at 11:30, talking with leslie irby a uh, first black woman who has a disability uh, got a pilot license. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.
1: What if you were wearing something sexy? What if you were drinking? What if you made the first move? No matter what, sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N. Dot O-R-G. This is Christina Ricci with Rain, reminding you, it's never your fault.
0: Brought to you by Rain and this station. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free, anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply.